Hello again, everybody. Great to have you along as we continue on with yet another edition of Leadership America, creating champions of change through a culture of civility. And oh my, isn't that something we'd like to be a part of right here in the good old U.S. of A.? Civility, making a difference in the lives of those that need it most by being kind, courteous, and respectful. In the meantime, my name is Scott Murray, and uh, welcome my uh, co-partner. Hey, I'm Angel Carlton, and I am on the road this week, so I'm coming to you virtually, but uh, I'm there in spirit with you, Scott, as always. And uh, yes, we're excited about bringing the perspectives of some of these incredible influencers, and especially our guest today, uh, who has some incredible uh, perspectives and advice to share uh, in in our much-needed world that is rapidly changing. Well, I tell you what, Angel, we've got a good one today, and I always kid Angel about the fact that back in her early days, uh, she was a member of the Lovables, the Chicago Bulls cheerleaders, so that was in the mid-'80s, and who was playing basketball back in the mid-'80s at that time for the Dallas Mavericks that would go to Chicago occasionally to take on Michael Jordan and the Bulls? Rolando Blackman. Fantastic, Scott. Fantastic. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well for you and Angel. And, and those days, I tell you what, you're talking about hitting some shots. We were, we can actually say we won a few games over at the Chicago Stadium <laughs> during those days. And too. MJ, right? And, exactly. And we got to say we won them early because uh, it was so tough, tough, tough to win them late, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, a great, great time in, in uh, Mavs basketball days. Well, you came here in 1981, number one draft pick. The Mavericks just uh, a year behind them. They had just started in 1980. And... Young young man that was born in Panama City, Panama, and then when you were all of eight years old, uh, went to Brooklyn, New York, where you were raised. And uh, I tell you what, um, whoever along the way, whether it was in Panama or New York or wherever it might have been, you were taught well because you have turned into uh, just a fine young gentleman and continue to make a difference in the lives, as we said at the top, of those that need it most. So thanks for all you continue to do, especially for young people. That's what this show is really all about, making a difference in the lives of those that uh, need a helping hand and in creating champions through that culture of change. I appreciate it very much. You know, growing up, uh, it was my mom, for sure, and uh, a gentleman by the name of Ted Gustus in Brooklyn, New York. And I think the important factors with that is that I was surrounded by care. I was surrounded by love. I was surrounded by people who gave me the direction and the understanding of, of what societally uh, I needed to do to being able to move forward and what to do to, do to be included in what was going on, the, the actual fun aspect of life, going to school, educational, being able to, to just to be part of the world that, it, that is today. And people don't realize and remember and uh, don't pick up the little pieces of the puzzle of all the stories that I've done is that one of my best friends going to school at, at uh, Grady High School was my Jewish friend, uh, Dominic Casal, you know, and uh, what I like to tell about that story is that is that not knowing the racism, the the, the applications of the of the degradation that we're going through today, and and the and how we apply ourselves as people, is that he was just one of my very best friends. You know, I I went to school sometimes and put a put a put this cap on my head that I didn't know what what what, what that cap was all about, mm-hmm. and the cap was that yarmulke that he was wearing, and because we were just great friends having a great time, passing by his house, having an opportunity to be a part of him. I, I wore a yarmulke for about a week to school, not knowing and understanding about the pieces of the puzzle, but it was just a fantastic piece of the thing is that we were just great friends, and we were just all together there on the Brooklyn block, having a good time and moving forward together as, uh, as schoolmates. So it's, it's just important for people to understand the humanity of the next person. There's a human there. Find out about them, learn about them, understand the cultures, backgrounds may be different, we're all human beings, and we want the same things for ourselves, our friends, our families, and the world around us. And uh, 
more people need to realize that and, and understand that and come together. Well, I'll tell you what, then you went on to Kansas State. And before I get Angel in here to, to get us going, I just wanted to give a quick brief history of, of for you know who you are and what you're all about and people that might not know that past, which is, gosh, almost 40 years oh, ago. Yes. Hard to oh, believe. Yes. They don't know, actually. Yeah, so. you, still, you still look like you could be uh, suited up and get ready to five play tonight, minutes, right? I got five minutes, Scott. Then I need eight <laughs> hours of sleep, for sure. Believe me. I hear you. Well, you went to Kansas State, became an All-American, and then, as I said, number one draft pick of the Mavericks back in 1981. And, and the rest is history. Uh, you're one of uh, how many players? Three, four players uh, in the Dallas Mavericks that have had their jersey. Three. Yeah. Three of us. Yeah, you, Derek Harper, and... Uh, Who's the third one? Uh, I don't know that. I I'm don't. trying to think. I should know. I should know that. I'm trying to think who it is. But Me, Derek anyway. Harper, and of course the great uh, Brad Davis. Has oh, Brad Davis. What am I thinking? BD, hello, hello. Yeah, lived just around the corner from me when I first came here. Good man, good man. So that's pretty good company. Uh, three guys have had their jersey, reco- you know, retired. And I'm sure, I'm sure Dirk is uh, just around the corner. Very much so. I hope they don't make it so big that it covers all the rest of us. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's okay, too. Important well, thing. you were talking about uh, what's going on in our world right now. I'm going to pass it over to, uh, to, to, to Angel. Angel, uh, why don't you pick it up and let, let's uh, go with our questioning here for Roe and talk about the crazy world we live in and, and jump on board. I want to talk a little bit more about the career and we'll get into that, you know, that crazy stuff that's happening in our world today. But you, uh, you had an incredible career and in, in playing in the NBA. What was the highlight for you? I think the highlight for me was always the camaraderie with all the players. That was the, that was the biggest thing. I'm, I'm a social person and uh, I, I like and need people around me and, having the opportunity to interact with folks. That's why this COVID times and the things that we're going through right now, so difficult to be able to stay away, not to be intermingling with uh, the folks and everything that, which is, which is part of my soul and the opportunity to be a part of it. So that was the biggest thing. All the accolades are, are fun and fine as far as all that's concerned, because they were made with a group. That's the thing that I always talk about. It was me in there, but a group helped me to, to achieve these things uh, with, with uh, Mark Aguirre and Derek Harper, Roy Tarpley, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's so many different people, Brad Davis and being able to get those things done, but it was always formulated in teamwork. And that's the way I operate even today in that, in that way and love to achieve things as part of a group so that we can all raise our hands. We can all yell and scream and we can all have fun knowing that we came through whatever it was and, uh, and had a chance to win. Oh gosh. Well, we are all better together. There's no question about that. Very much so. And so with all the changes that are happening, right now in our world, what's the toughest part for you? I mean, I mean the, toughest, the toughest part for me as an individual is always a duality, of course. Um, the, the, the toughest situations now is that we, we, don't, I don't, we don't have in this country leadership. We don't have the opportunity to have a, a person that's bringing us together, a person that's, that, that's really applying forward and giving people a chance to not only come together, but to learn about what it is that, 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 that a country is all about. A country has so many different moving parts, so many different people, so many different cultures, so many different opportunities to, to, to really come together in that way, and we don't have that. So for me, the hardest piece in a conservative city, which I live in, Dallas, Texas, is that it just all depends on the day I go out. When I go out that day, am I recognized as Rolando a person that's a Rolando Blackman is a person that's achieved, a person that's been part of the fabric of of uh, this country, Dallas, Texas, and all the world. Uh, then now I get a chance to be treated as a just a human being. How are we doing? How's family? How things are going? Those kind of things. But some days, some days you just get recognized as six foot six tall black guy. So on those days, 
I have to hold, I have to hold my, 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 my interior and give the next person a chance to come, come around. Give them a chance to understand that there's a viable human being here. There's an intelligent human being here. There's a, there's, there's, a, there's a resourceful human being standing in front of you, speaking with you, asking you questions. So on those days, as a black person, I have to hold and give them a chance to mm, mm, come around. And eventually they do come around in that kind of a way. But, but uh, if, I were, if I were to exercise my uh, thought process, then I'd be arguing with people all the time. I'd be cussing them out all the time. So it's a, it's a situation on what Rolando is recognized as far as that's concerned. And, I've got, and we've got to do a better job of trying to get people to build and understand that also people of color and minorities are people of worth and they are viable also. We've done things here and done things to help not only this country, but the, the, uh, the world at large. You seem like you are a, such an influencer, such a mentor, where people look up to you. And who was your mentor, and how did they have an influence on you? Well, I mean, it started in the house with my mother, of course. Uh, uh, you know, Gloria, Gloria Blackman, uh, fantastic. Uh, going up in, in Panama City, Panama. I, I can't tell you any stories. And I was coming up in in uh, Brooklyn, New York. I can't tell you any uh, any tough guy stories too, because. I was I was a straight up I was a straight up uh, mama's boy for sure. So she said Rolando, and by the time she got to the O, I was right by her side, <laughs> making sure <laughs> you know what I mean. Because I came from the Caribbean background, so so people would people would twist your ear or put those things together, or you get the warm hit on your, your on your buns. And uh, for me, I didn't get hit a lot at all actually. But the important factor was that I had her, and then coming into Brooklyn, New York, as an eight year old on a student visa having the opportunity by my grandmother at the age of five applying for the student visa to come to this place that they told me that I would have an opportunity to move forward in my life, coming to the United States. And when I took that Braniff International flight to, uh, to John F. Kennedy and saw my family up there, and uh, it was three years later that I saw my parents who had come up later because we had to petition to get out of Panama at that time. But I was here in a place where I understood that uh, I, I could make it here, I could have an opportunity, I could be, be in, in a place where I could move forward. And Ted, I met a guy by the name of Ted Gustus. And Ted Gustus in Brooklyn, New York, took me and the rest of the kids in the neighborhood. And it was a godsend, I tell you. It was a godsend because Ted Gustus took us out of the mentality of what was happening around the neighborhood. All the shucking and jiving and what's up, my boy, all, all the things that were going on with how you talk and how you, no problem in having fun with your friends in that way. No problem, he said, no problem. But when you're in a social setting, you've got to be able to apply the, the English that everybody is using to being able to move forward. Nobody's telling you to change yourself and all of a sudden Rolando becomes a white person. I'm not talking about that. He was, he, and he wasn't talking about that. He's talking about just adding the tools to being able to help yourself in the future, telling us to clean up, put your stuff to get your pants up, making sure and stand up, say hello, good morning, how are you? Putting these things together, walking around the town, being able to help people. We were always a part of social scenes in the, in the town, uh, block cleanups, making sure and help the ladies bringing groceries from, their, from, from uh, the grocery store, taking out people's garbage, doing things socially. So we were always in that mindset, but always in, in, a, in a way that, that would move society forward. We got up for practice in the morning at 6 o'clock, and we had to have great grades before we got on the basketball court to show. So Ted Gustus was uh, just a... Just a godsend for me to move forward, not only basketball-wise and educationally, but for all the kids in the neighborhood. It wasn't only just me. 
It was a lot of other kids in the neighborhood that was under his program in order to get those kind of things done. But people and kids need that. They need to see people inside or definitely outside their home that represent the future and can give them the tools to take them there. And, and, and for me, there must be a discernment between home and the school. There has to be a discernment. Once a kid hits a classroom, they must understand that they must hear different things. They must understand that, wait a minute, person's talking this way over here. The teacher is saying to talk this way. And this is so. So now there must be a clash of how I move forward and, and exactly where I am. And with that, a kid gets to chat to understand. They start to understand, hmm, about that kinds of stuff too. You stop saying different words, dem, day, those, and dat. And you start saying them, they, those, and that. And you, you understand that I can use that in my, in my language when I'm home and I'm around my friends. But you have to understand that in order to move forward, that this is what I must include. I'm not saying to change yourself. I'm saying to include these things so that you can have an opportunity to move forward and be included in the process going forward uh, for, for your life. So those things are, are very, very important. I, I often talk to many school boards, many different places, and it's, and it's important that they know and understand that, that teachers are very, very important. You know, some of these things are so, so much more important sometimes than a math class and all those kind of things, although, although it's important for what you want to do, but you, you have to have the opportunity to understand language, communication, speech, dress, how do you put yourself together when you go out into society? The social situation is very, very important. And then you can learn about the historical pieces of stuff. Then you can learn about the mathematics. Then you can learn about those types of things, which is very, very important. But these pieces are important first because upon sight and upon thought process, people make discernment about you. And with that now, you get in the door and you have an opportunity now to advance forward. Without it, you don't get there and you're outside and you can't get in. And then it's a, then it becomes a, a really, really big problem. So, I, uh, that's how, that's how I learned. And that's how I would like other kids to learn also. Wow. Fantastic. What a great, great mentor. And that's some great advice yes. right there. Yes. You awesome. gave it to me. Scott? Let's talk about, uh, what's going on in the world as far as sports. Hmm. Did you ever think that you would ever witness no stands or no uh, fans in the stands and see what's going on? Basketball is not an essential piece of the puzzle and all that kind of stuff. Neither is baseball, football, or any of the sports whatsoever. But those are big economic drivers, uh, not only for those guys that play and also the, uh, the, 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 uh, the teams and their sponsors and all the things that are going on. It is, part of our, uh, it is part of our circle as far as the dollar value situation. People just want to know, how do I get there safely? How do I go back to school safely? How do I do these things that I can be in a safe environment to being able to put it together? But uh, I'm, I'm in the middle sometimes, but, but most of the time I, I, can, I find myself saying that you've got, to give us the, you've got to give us the way to come out because we have to make dollars. We've got to put food on the table. So how do we do that? And that's what I, I think of is when I think about those kinds of situations also too. Things are shut down and things are modified in a way. But we've got to be able to inset those things where we uh, uh, get to that person and those people to being able to protect each other and making sure that we can move forward. Talk about uh, as we head down the home stretch here. Um, I'm kind of curious. You're always or always have been most philanthropic. Any way you could give back, as I introduced you at the top of the show, you've always been a benevolent type of person. And in particular with children, future plans, 
Where uh, what's uh, what's what's left in the life of Rolando Blackman as to what you might do or what 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 you have down the road? Oh my goodness, Scott! Listen to I'm I'm uh, I'm 61 years young. That's what I am. 61 years young. I'm not going to play a, an NBA game anymore, and I'm not going to work out for five hours, five and a half hours to shoot a jumper um, uh, anymore. But what's important with the energy and the opportunity of, a, of an immigrant person like me, who's come from a, a Panama, come to the United States, had an opportunity for, for, to get a great education, and have reached such heights, make, making the, an Olympic basketball, starting shooting guard in the Olympic basketball team, right. four-time All-Star. I've got you know, so many different Hall of Fames that I'm in, but, but, the, but the most important thing for me was the mentorship, Scott, the mentorship, the opportunity for these kids to have an opportunity to understand. That's why I'm putting together this, this the, the uh, Rolando Blackman Education, Athletic, and Cultural Development Foundation. I'm putting that together simply because it's important that other kids get a chance to, to be just like Roe and have a chance to have influencers around them, people who can bring them forward to the future. So you get a chance to understand exactly what's needed. What do you need to do to being able to move forward? My thing is a, also as a U.N. ambassador, I'm a U.N. ambassador, global U.N. ambassador to the Office of Drugs and Crime. For the last 10 years, human trafficking, child soldiering has been my, my deal all the way throughout. I've met so many people all throughout the world through that and have the opportunity to bring back those thought processes here into the United States and really have an opportunity for these kids to understand their wares, their ability. That's why the school that I have coming up is going to have the different languages, having the opportunity to speak English, speak Spanish, speak French. Is it going to be here in Dallas? Right here in Dallas, in South Dallas, for sure, to being able to get that done. But the thing is, it's in South Dallas. It's going to be in Brooklyn, New York. It's going to be in La Tierra Natal, where I was born in Panama City, Panama. And then I'll do my, my, my field studies and different things for, for overseas and to being able to have an influence in some of these new and growing places to be able to have that. But kids have to know that they have to have a – a, 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 a morality to their life. There, there has to be a moral piece to what they do mm-hmm. when they walk in their lives. They have to care for the next person and try to understand them. The, oh, look at that person. Has a, has a turban around their head. Well, what is that? Is, that, is, he, a, is he a Sikh? Is he a back of the Indian background? Or is he from Pakistan? What is, but you have, to, you have to approach it in a curiosity. You have to, internally, you have to approach it in a curiosity, not that, not in a fearful, like, well, he's, no, you have to approach it how, and, and try to find out about that person, what that person does, what they believe, and what, what's happening. Listen, everything doesn't mesh. It's not, it's not foolishness that we're doing here. It's not stupidity about what we should do. It's, everything doesn't mesh. That's why in Lebanon, they have a sectarian country. They have Sunni Muslim, they have Shia Muslim, they have uh, a Christian, they have Maronite Christians who fight against the Christians because it's a different type of Christianity, and they have people who are secular, they, and they have their own sections. I don't want to live like that, but the important factor is that in coming back to the United States, I can bring the thought process of trying to get people to understand. Look at the next person, try to understand what they're doing, try to understand them, and try to come together in the, in the common facts of love, care, family, and trying to move ourselves forward uh, uh, together. Ages. You're talking about young, five, six, I'm, seven, I'm, I'm eight? About You're pre- talking about teenagers? What, what, when you talk about young people, where, where do you start? What's the youngest you'll be dealing with and up to what age? Scott, I'm talking about preschool, preschool, all preschool, first year preschool, second year preschool and first grade, third year preschool, uh, uh, first grade. And, and I'm talking about a, a segment where I'm going from 
preschool because I so want to So these are in influence. the development stages then? Right now, we're developing it. Right now, I have my, my marketing people. But I mean the, the youngsters. Oh, you're, yes. you're talking about kids that are in the, the oh, learning yes. stages, kids, the development. Get them early. Get yeah. them early. Okay. So they're reading, writing, understanding, get okay. a feel. By the time the kids are in the fifth, sixth grade, they're gonna, at my school, they're going to start traveling. They're going to have an opportunity to travel the world, have an opportunity to travel to New York, have an opportunity to travel to a marketing firm, have an engineering firm, see how doctors work. Get, get a chance to, as, they, as they're growing up and understanding, you get a chance to see and sit in front of, of a doctor and understand the requirements. All the kids at basketball camps raise their hands all the time. Oh, who wants to be a doctor? And they, like, raise their hands. And then now when you look at, okay, school, school, more school, and make it, now see the hands start to... Start to because maybe you don't want to do all of that, but maybe you want to be an engineer. Maybe you want to do something else. But you take the kids and you put them in front of people who can explain to them what the requirements are for your thought process and your dream. You know what I mean? I have my son. My son wants to be a. My son wants to run around and he wants to now talk about being a a, 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 a space. He wants to be a doctor on the space shuttle. So now we've taken them through the whole piece of the puzzle of a schooling pilot being able to get those pieces together. I just want kids to know and understand what your lip is talking about. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what now you have to require to get it done. But just to get them in, inside of the languages, inside of the opportunities that are there for STEM programs, in, in which really STEAM programs with the art, and, and teach them basketball also. Basketball is going to be a part of it. Track is going to be a part of it. The swimming and volleyball is going to be a part of it. And um, we're, we're, we're planning right now. Right now we're planning and busting out pretty soon. But the impo- busting, when I say busting out, I mean, I mean coming forward, <laughs> right. coming forward pretty a po- soon. A, a positive busting out. A positive out. <laughs> busting out. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about the whole thing because I want to use the rest of my life as I, as I still feel energetic when I get up in the morning and ready to go, to use that to influence other kids so mm-hmm. that they get an opportunity to understand what it takes to not only help themselves, their families here in the United States, but, but, but all around the world if, if they so choose. I see the analogy here between which you shared with us earlier about your mom being that rock star that she was up to when you're eight years old, you're talking about preschool to second, third grade. And that's when you came to the United States and ended up growing up in Brooklyn. It's almost like you want to share with them what it was like the building years when you were in Panama, right? Understanding, understanding what it is to be in East Flatbush in a, in a, in a poor neighborhood, and understanding those things and what you have to go through. I understand yeah. when, I, when I see things happening in different neighborhoods, I understand because I was one of those kids. Yep. Totally, totally so, understand. You know, that's a, yep. it's, it's an important piece totally of the puzzle makes to sense. bring that to help them. Yeah. Good in for their you, lives. bro. Good for you. Let me get, uh, go back to uh, Angel and uh, one no. final question as we get ready to wrap things up here. This has been great, Ro. Go ahead, Angel. Oh, gosh. Rolando, bravo. Bravo. Love you. And you talk about it, the most impressionable years of uh, a young person's life that you are making such an impact and the power of curiosity, huge. We don't teach curiosity in school. And, and so many of us, because of the stories we're told by our parents and whatever, uh, past generations, we make quick judgments and instead of opening ourselves up to that curiosity, so powerful, so powerful. And you also talked about uh, people wanting to feel safe. There's so much fear happening in the world. So my final question for you is if you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? 
I think the I think the biggest I think the biggest piece for me would be the opportunity for for people to under to understand and love each other. I think I would have to bring the power of of love and care. That that would be that would be my superpower to being able to do that wonder twin thing where I could do like that and and, and have people have the inclusion of that in their hearts and, and minds just to step into a place and have them understand inside to care for the next person. That's the biggest piece of the puzzle. When you're doing things and you're thinking about, about whatever it is you're doing, whether you're leaving for the day, you're going over here, you're trying to plan, you're trying to think about the next person that's there also too. You include them in your thought process as to what do I want, but what do also what do they need? And you include that in your decision-making and your, in the processes that go on in life. I think things will be so much better if people think about other people. Yes, you have super rich. Yes, we have the middle class who's fighting to, to keep themselves there. And then we have the poor who don't have an inclusive piece, don't have a grip to hold on to in that kind of a way, supplementally being able to, to uh, move forward in their lives. Every time somebody talks from a political standpoint, I have to put my hand in my pocket, which, is, which means that, that, that there's a big part of the population that doesn't even get included into what your good plan you said you had. It's important that, it's important that the love and care come into the thought process. And if that would be a superpower, that would be what I would reign all throughout, that you include the thought process and people inside of your thoughts and being able to bring that forth. Well, based on what I've learned about you during this conversation, incredible conversation, I enjoyed it thoroughly, is that you do possess that uh, superpower. It's Thank inside you. you and you give Thank it you. Thank you. all keep the going. time. I'm and keep going too, Angel. Jokes. Thank you so very much. Too, Angel. Thank, Thank you my so mom and Ted Gustus for sure. And of course, uh, Angel and Scott uh, for being a part of Leadership America too. That's Thank very you, important. Scott, Scott, for sure. You know the deal. Always, Scott. Always, always been in my life anyway too. I, I try to emulate you as much as I possibly you know, don't can even go in there. my broadcasting for sure. <laughs> don't even the go there. Around. And that's the truth. That's the truth. Well, what Angel just said, I, I ditto. Really, it's been great having you on here. And thanks for all you continue to do. We always wrap up our show, row with a little little uh, slogan. Live your life as a go-getter, but share your life as a go-giver. And you continue to do that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Angel, you want to say uh, from uh, wherever you might be today, <laughs> out of the studio, say goodbye to Roe. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to visit leadershipamerica.net and leave us a review. Let us know how you're liking our podcast so far. Uh, until we see you again, I'm Angel Carlton, and just be your best self. And I'm Scott Murray. We thank you, and Rolando Blackman, continued success. Thanks for making a difference in the world. Glad to be here today to share the time. Thank you. All right. Until next time, be safe, everybody.